If you would please turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 6. Our text that we'll look at this morning is verses 37 to 42. Luke chapter 6. Following the uh, reading of scripture, we will uh, sing together the Gloria Patri. So Luke chapter 6, and we'll begin at verse 37. Please stand, if you would, for the reading of God's holy word. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running, running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. He also told them this parable, can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into a pit? A student is not above his teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like his teacher. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when you yourself fail to see the plank in your own eye. You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. And God will add his blessing to this reading of his word. Amen. As we've been going through this sermon that Jesus has been preaching, we've noticed, and as Ryan reminded us, this is the upside down kingdom. There The values and priorities of the kingdom are not always equal with the priorities and values of this world. Blessed are the poor. Blessed are those who are persecuted. Uh, Those items of our lives that ought to be characterized by that. We have last week, we looked at the section on loving your enemy. Uh, It's not exactly what would be something we would choose to do, but it's God's command through Christ. We love our enemies, do good to them, pray for them, bless them, and encourage them. And we come to another section this morning, which is dealing with our, um, perhaps our differences, where we differ from one another, our evaluations of one another, and it's the whole issue of judgment. And the two words I'm going to use throughout the sermon to kind of contrast what is being rebuked and what is being encouraged in the text are the words judgmentalism and discernment. Uh, As we'll talk about and observe, there are some people who think Christians should not in any case make judgments about things. But we'll see as we go through this, hopefully, that it's not a matter of judgment or not. It's how you do it. And what characterizes and should characterize throughout the whole passage is where we ended last week. In verse 36, it says, uh, Jesus said, be merciful just as your father is merciful. And the whole concept of mercy uh, not only characterizes how we treat our enemies, but also how we treat our friends and how we treat one another in those areas where we 
are at odds or where we disagree or we have to make evaluations, moral and ethical and other judgments. And so the first section will be uh, judgment versus discernment and what it what characterizes the actions God wants us to take. And then we'll come back and look at discernment with and versus judgment. In this first section, verses 37 to 38, Jesus gives three commands. And the commands have to do with judgment. Uh, the second command has to do with forgiveness. The third command has to do with giving. And I've reworded the first portion or the first point, the first thought, is that God wants us to have a merciful attitude. But it comes in the context of the negative statement in verse 37, uh, do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Now, this is another one of those verses that is often taken out of context and misused. Uh, there are those people who know nothing about the Bible that if you give them any criticism at all, they'll throw out to you the King James version of this verse, judge not lest you be judged. And uh, they, a lot of people like that. Uh, they uh, feel like it leaves them off the hook. Well, you, you can't criticize me because you're not supposed to judge, especially if you're a Christian. So besides lifting it out of the context, they're ignoring, uh, they're ignoring what Jesus says here and in other portions of scripture. Uh, he's going to say in just a moment, the blind uh, shouldn't lead the blind. You need to be aware of who's blind, who's the blind leading the blind. A little later on in this sermon, Jesus will say, you interpret or you see people's character by their fruits. You're making an evaluation. You're making a discernment of uh, their their life and their character. And I would like you to turn to another passage, uh, 1 John chapter 4. So if you would turn to 1 John 4. John is writing about a, a judgment, a discernment that we as believers are required to make or told to make. So 1 John chapter 4, verses, verse 1, 1 through 3, he writes, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you can recognize the spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, but every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. And so the believers were to make a judgment, a discernment about what is true and what is not. The specific issue he was bringing up there is when someone denies that Jesus Christ is God come in the flesh, they are speaking falsehood. And you need to know that and you need to be able to observe that. So what is it that Jesus is rebuking in back in Luke, Luke 6, 37, judge not that you be not judged. What he's rebuking is judgmentalism, 
That is the desire to judge simply for the sake of judging. Uh, One commentator uh, described it that way. Uh, It's judging for the pleasure of judging. Uh, It's not trying to discern right from wrong or moral values, but you just want to condemn someone and you do it just for the sake of condemnation. And so you're exercising your own will in this matter. And one of the things that's missing in judgmentalism is humility. Now, Jesus is going to circle back to that point in a little bit. But here he's just making the statement, making the affirmation. The problem with judgmentalism is it's merciless. There's no mercy in it. There's no love and and care in it. It's simply condemnation uh, to be done against a certain person. Uh, And we are to be merciful as our Father in heaven is merciful. We might have to make an evaluation. We might have to make a judgment, but we do so with mercy. Uh, We do so not because we deserve to do that. We understand our own needs. We do it with great humility. Well, how do we correct judgmentalism? Well, we have to know who really is the judge. It's not you. It's not me. God is. He's the one that will bring all things to account. And we need to, again, understand his character as the God of mercy, grace, and forgiveness. And so we have to hear what Jesus is saying and understand he's trying to communicate that we need to cultivate a merciful disposition, uh, particularly towards those with whom we may disagree. The second command is forgiveness. The last part of verse 37, forgive and you will be forgiven. Uh, It goes along with the mercy in terms of discernment is we are, we need to be a very forgiving people. And part of the problem with forgiveness, uh, some of our misunderstandings is we think when we are forgiving someone who's offended us, that we are saying it doesn't matter and it didn't hurt. We are not saying that. It does matter and it does hurt. But what we're saying is we're taking that burden of that offense and we're giving it to God and we're putting it in his hands. Two of the Greek words that are translated forgive, uh, one is to release or to untie or to loose. It's taking that burden of that offense and you're, you're untying it from you and you're giving it to God. Another one is uh, to send away. As in the Old Testament uh, sacrifice of the Um, of the scapegoat and the sins of the people were laid on the scapegoat and it was sent away into the wilderness. Not not hold on to it, not to make your list of all the the ways someone has harmed you, but you're willing to release that to God. Forgiveness is an important part of what uh, Jesus wants for us in our lives with one another. And we've just prayed it in the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors or forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And only a true Christian can really pray that prayer. 
because only a true Christian knows that they're forgiven. And because they're forgiven, they can forgive. Jesus made this point when he talks about it in Matthew. He says, if you forgive men their sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. It's a forgiving disposition, not a judgmental disposition that, that um, God wants us to cultivate. And then the third uh, attitude that God is, wants us to cultivate through Jesus' words is giving. In verse 38, give and it will be given to you. We need to be uh, generous in our giving. Generous in, in the, the way we, we act towards other people. Not <clears throat> judgmental and condemning, but willing to give. And Jesus uses the illustration that's drawn right out of the Near Eastern grain market uh, because when you were there to get your grain, they would put the grain in your container and they would press it down so they could get more in. And then they would shake it up a little bit to have the grain settle some more. I don't know if, if you've ever tried to put nails in a jar and you put a bunch in and, and you still have more to get in. And you shake the jar a little bit and they settle down and you can put more in. That's what they do with the grain. And then they fill it to the very top so that it overflows. And this is the way God gives to us. Uh, that it's uh, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. And Jesus says, the way you measure is the way it will be measured to you. We want to be generous in our giving. Uh, to other people, giving of our affection, giving of our attention, giving of grace and mercy and love to them as we would want done to us. <clears throat> so Jesus is rebuking judgmentalism and, and encouraging these uh, positive attitudes of mercy, forgiveness, and giving. But then he comes back uh, to look at things from the other direction again. He's going to take up discernment first and then come back to judgmentalism. And he, he begins that in verse 39, where uh, he says to them, he told them this parable, can a, man, can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into the pit? If someone is blind, can he possibly lead another blind man? Well, not successfully. They won't make it successfully. And you as a believer uh, are not to be blind. Uh, you as a believer are to have discernment. We've already seen the passage on discernment doctrinally, but this here would be a parable, an illustration of that. God has provided us so wonderfully with uh, pastors and teachers and, and uh, <clears throat> elders and that have taught us the word of God for which we can be very grateful and thankful <clears throat> and receive with great joy and appreciation. But it still is your responsibility to discern the truth. Uh, you don't abandon that responsibility even though you receive these gifts, <clears throat> and you test what you've received 
uh, from the, by the word of God. Uh, if anyone were to stand in this pulpit and say, well, now I have a secret knowledge that you need to have to be successful in life, then you just put your fingers in your ears and turn away. They're not the truth. But as long as someone stands in the pulpit here and says, here's the word of God, follow it, and tries to explain and help you understand it, that's fine. Turn in uh, your hymnals, take your hymnal up again and turn to in the back to page 848. Our confession of faith reminds us of the importance and the value of scripture being... Uh, the, the focus of where we gain our truth. How, how do we um, see ourselves and how do we discern what is uh, the teaching that is uh, true? And so on page 848, it's in the, the first chapter of the confession is all about the word of God, but let's look at paragraph six on the bottom of 848 says, the whole counsel of God concerning all things necessary for his own glory, man's salvation, faith in life, is either expressly set down in scripture or by good and necessary consequence may be deduced from scripture, unto which nothing at any time is to be added, whether by new revelations of the spirit or traditions of men. Nevertheless, we acknowledge the inward illumination of the spirit of God to be necessary for the saving understanding of such things as are revealed in the word. And that there are some circumstances concerning the worship of God and government of the church common to human actions and societies, which are to be ordered by the light of nature and Christian prudence, according to the general rules of the word, which are always to be observed. And then just to skip down to the very, the whole chapter is wonderful, but to skip down to the very last uh, paragraph, paragraph 10 on 849. The supreme judge by which all controversies of religion are to be determined and all decrees of councils, opinions of ancient writers, doctrines of men and private spirits are to be examined and in whose sentence we are to rest can be no other but the Holy Spirit speaking in the scripture. And so Jesus is teaching us that you do need to use discernment. You do need to use proper judgment. Uh, in this case, examining teaching, examining uh, perhaps a pattern of life, but examining teaching that you do have a responsibility to that and it's, it's a proper place for judgment uh, and discernment. And it's important to do that discernment because what happens if a blind one is leading the blind? Well, they both fall into the pit. They're both in trouble. Uh, they're, they're, there's a mess in their life. And they're disillusioned, discouraged, distracted. They're wandering out of the way. And so it's a, a danger for the blind to follow the blind. You need to discern, you need to use uh, discernment and judgment on that. Jesus in continuing just teaching about the value of what we learn and gain from says there in verse 40, a student 
is not above his teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like his teacher. So a student isn't to be arrogant. A student isn't to say, well, I can decide what I want to know. No, a student needs to be a learner. He needs to be humble in his listening and, and to the teacher. Uh, so it's not telling us to discern by being arrogant and throwing off all those God has provided for us that teach us the way of God. That's not, it's not telling us to do that. Uh, but it's actually encouraging us to listen because the student will become like their teacher. When uh, Peter and John were being persecuted and they were brought before the Sanhedrin, the Sanhedrin observed, they saw the courage of Peter and John and they realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men and they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Oh, that that could be said of each of us. I can see that they've been with Christ. I can see that they have his model, his uh, pattern in their life. So God wants us to exercise discernment, but not arrogantly, but to listen uh, to our teachers, listen to our Savior, and to become like him. So we have these two verses in 38 and 39 talking to us about discernment. But then Jesus comes back to the point, but not judgmentalism. Uh, not the arrogance of uh, an overbearing judgment against others. And he uses a, a quite a graphic illustration he says in verse 41, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? And the words for looking at and paying attention to are really descriptive too, because in the one hand, it's like you, man, you're bearing down on your brother and you're, you're trying to find that speck in his eye, but you're not even glancing at your own eye. And the problem with judgmentalism is it's, it's, it lacks humility. And again, the illustration is really graphic. It's you're trying to find that little speck of dust in your brother's eye when you got this telephone pole sticking in your eye. How are you, you going to find that speck of dust when you got this huge board in your, in, in your eye? Well, you can't. You got to get rid of the thing in your eye before you can see the speck in your brother's eye. Um, and Jesus continues that, brother, you can't say to your brother, let me get that speck out of your eye when you, you, you fail to see the plank in your own eye. There will be days when you will correct your brother. You will point out the where he's walking a path that he shouldn't walk on, but it always has to be done with humility. You can never do it arrogantly. You can never do it thinking, well, I'm okay. You're not okay. You got plenty of that dirt in your own eye that you got to clean up or have God clean up in your eye. One of the... Uh, 
mistakes in people's con- concept of church discipline is they tend to think, well, it's just a way to get rid of somebody. But that's not it at all. The goal is humbly to go to someone and to win them. That's the goal. But it has to be done with humility. It has to be done with, from the earlier, mercy, forgiveness, and giving. One commentator writes, the Lord lays it down as an absolute rule that he who wants to reform others must first, with the utmost severity, place his own life under the divine searchlight and reform it thoroughly. Only then will he have the ability and the right and also the duty to guide his fellow men to greater purity of life. For our discernment to be accurate, it has to begin with us. It has to begin with you. Only then will you reach a point where perhaps you can have something to say to your brother. Discernment demands humility. It demands mercy. It demands forgiveness. It demands the giving mentality, the disposition. So there's Jesus' encouragements to us. How do we practice discernment? How do we avoid judgmentalism? It's by putting on all these characters and thus becoming like Christ. Why, why do we act like this? Because Jesus was this way. He was forgiving. He was merciful. Did he correct at times? Indeed. But he had mercy. He gave, gave himself for our sake in his sufferings on the cross. Live this way and may the image of Christ be found formed in you and in me. Amen. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we do thank you so much for uh, Jesus preaching that brings us to the attention of that the ways in which we should live toward one another, especially when there are deficiencies Please give us a merciful disposition, a forgiving and giving disposition. Help us to stay away from judgmentalism. Help us in humility, love one another and care for one another and help one another along the way. And may the image of Christ be seen in us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.